You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 22. This episode is meant to accompany episode 21, where I talked about quitting birth control and shared a bunch of my favorite information and resources. While I was preparing that episode, I posted on Instagram story and asked you guys what questions you had about going off birth control. I received so many questions, and as I mentioned in the previous episode, seeing these questions made me realize that this is so important for us to be talking about openly and without any shame or embarrassment, and that even though I'm not an expert, I am still totally learning myself, kind of learning as I go. I just want other women to know that they are not alone if they are 20 or 25 or 30 or 35 and feel like they don't understand their own body. You are not alone. There are so many of us out here. And the first step in us changing this is to have these open conversations so that future generations of girls don't grow up not understanding their bodies or their options. So I'm just going to dive right in here with the questions that I received and give you the answers. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. Okay, so the first question is, why did I go on the pill? And I talked about this obviously more in the previous episode, but I was put on it at the age of 14 by a doctor after experiencing a severe ovarian cyst. And then I was just kind of encouraged to stay on it by the doctor in order to prevent future issues. How did I go off the pill? Um, personally, I just quit cold turkey. I literally, like my prescription expired. And instead of renewing it, I just decided I was done taking it and I stopped taking it. Um, you can also taper off of it if you're worried about side effects like um, skin breakouts or headaches, kind of like withdrawal symptoms. Um, your doctor can walk you through how to kind of wean yourself off of it. And that's another option. Why did I go off the pill? Um, I think that people expect me to say something like I read a specific book and it woke me up or I watched a certain documentary and it like really opened my eyes and I just went off the pill after that. But it was not nearly that exciting. I honestly just kind of had a moment where I realized how long I had been on it and I was curious about what it would be like to just stop taking it and to be off of it. And once I had made that decision to go off and had quit taking it and started realizing how much differently I felt mentally and physically, that was actually when I started diving into learning more about it. Like that was what made me curious was when I was like, wow, I feel way better. Why do I feel so much better being off of it? That was kind of what piqued my interest and got me like reading books and watching stuff and listening to stuff. So what type of birth control was I on? I have always taken hormonal birth control pills um, various different brands. Um, I don't know. It switched back and forth a few different times. I couldn't tell you any more specifics on that other than I've always done birth control pills. I've never tried anything else. Uh, am I actively trying not to get pregnant? Yes, that's a definite yes. Um, what methods do we use instead of the pill? So we use natural family planning. And in case you don't know what that is, I know I used to think it was like a much more complex like methodology than it actually is. But basically, it just means tracking and understanding the female cycle so that you're able to avoid unprotected sex during the fertile window, which is three to four days per month. And I kind of walked through that in a previous episode. Um, natural family planning comes down to getting just really comfortable with tracking your monthly cycle. I suggested a couple apps in the previous show. They're the ones that I use. Um, 
And I would say like track it for like three to six months until you feel like it is regulated, that you know it really well, and then rely on the app to tell you when your fertile window is and be really prepared for unprotected sex um, during those days. Wow. I just said that in like the weirdest way. Oh my gosh. Okay. Be prepared not to have unprotected sex. Like be prepared for safe sex. That's what I meant to say. Be fully prepared to have safe sex during your fertile window. That is natural family planning. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I probably just confused everybody even more than they were before. Um, so yes, I used the MyFlow app, which I mentioned in episode 21, to track my cycle and predict ovulation and alert me to my fertile window. And then we rely on condoms to have safe sex when I'm ovulating. Um, although, to be honest, we just usually avoid sex altogether during like my three to four fertile days. I think a lot of people hear the word condom and are like, ugh, like, no, never. And to be honest, and a bit TMI about the whole thing, like, condoms have always been part of our routine. Is it weird to refer to sex as a routine? I don't know. Um, But it's always been part of our routine. Um, Maybe my husband is just super paranoid about getting pregnant. I don't know. Um, Or maybe he believed my dad when my dad told him that women in my family get pregnant merely by breathing on us. Um, Maybe he believed that. Um, but even when I was on the pill, Josh always insisted on also using condoms. So I get that some people are not as thrilled to use them. And I guess we're just really used to the whole thing. So it, do, it we don't even like flinch at it. But let me just say a couple of uncomfortable and awkward things. Um, condoms have come a long way in the last like 10 years. So I think if as a male, you think sex is less fun with condoms, I think that at least to some degree, you know, and I'm not going to argue with what the male experience is because obviously I don't know, but I do think that there is some like toxic masculinity and social conditioning behind men being anti-condom or being convinced that it ruins their experience. And to be honest, it just takes, you know, it takes the responsibility off of them and puts it on women. And to be honest, condoms are a lot more fun to use than almost every form of female birth control. So let's just end the the conversation there. But I think, you know, if as a female sex is uncomfortable with a condom, there are things you should try, such as switching to different brands, trying a lubricant. You know, in my experience, a good quality condom is a an A plus experience for both parties. And pro tip, if the idea of purchasing condoms in a store still like makes you giggle and blush, you can order condoms in bulk on Amazon. You're welcome. One more thing about condoms and then I swear to God, I'm going to quit because I can tell that you're getting embarrassed. I can hear it through the microphone. Um, but if you're in, if you aren't in a committed relationship, you should be using condoms anyway, regardless of whether or not you're on hormonal birth control because condoms are the only way to avoid sexually transmitted diseases as well as pregnancy. So if you're not in a committed relationship, you should be using condoms regardless of your family planning. (laughs) Okay, next question. Let's move on from that. Hopefully these get less awkward. Uh, Do you want kids? So I have a really long blog post that I wrote about this like three or four years ago when we kind of came to a crossroads and just made kind of a bigger decision, I guess, about our family planning. And so if you're interested in hearing me uh, totally blabber about our family planning and our decision to not have kids right now, there is a full blog post about it and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, I think where Josh and I are at right now is that we both know we want to parent someday in some capacity, but we just really don't know what exactly that looks like for us. 
Um, we aren't in a rush to have kids um, since we're really open to the idea of adoption and we're also really interested in foster care. So I, we just don't have this pressure of like time running out anymore, which is a really big relief actually. So yeah, in short, yes, we do want a parent. We just aren't sure yet what that will look like or when. Next question. Uh, would you get an abortion if you had an unexpected pregnancy? So this is kind of a hard question. Um, I think the straight up answer is that we are in a place, we're at an age and an ability, we're financially secure where we could take care of a child. Um, and like I said, we are interested in parenting. We just don't know when or how. And so I think the answer here is that if we had an unexpected pregnancy, we would not opt to have an abortion, uh, personally. Uh, do I have anxiety about getting pregnant since I'm not on birth control? Um, to be completely honest, I had more anxiety and pregnancy scares when I was on birth control than I've had since going off. Um, but I think that's something that really accompanies this is that the birth control pill can cause a lot of pregnancy-like symptoms. So it can cause sore breasts, nausea, weight gain, moodiness, like all these side effects that birth control are like identical to. And I mean, I think I feel like those freaked me out a lot more. And plus, you're just kind of you're kind of blind to the whole thing. Like you don't really you know, if you're on the birth control pill, you don't always know for sure if you had sex during your fertile window or not. Um, and so it's kind of to me, it always felt like a guessing game. Like if my period was a little bit late, you know, to me, the risk always felt the same. Like, uh, you know, I never really had any um intuition, I guess, about it. You know, I didn't have like this information in the background kind of letting me know like the the chances of you being pregnant are super low, which like now I feel really confident in that when those things arise. Um, but I think that being on the birth control pill, it just gave you like gave me all of these side effects that kind of looked like pregnancy all the time. And so I spent a lot more of the month kind of going, oh, am I pregnant? Is this a pregnancy thing or a birth control thing? And like just spent a lot more time worried about that. But now that I know my cycle so intimately, I feel like I have weekly, if not daily indicators that my cycle is on track and my period is on schedule and I am not incubating a human. And in the previous episode, I talked about the four phases of our 28-day cycle and I'll just kind of wrap this up by saying that once you know the different symptoms and characteristics that accompany each of those four phases, um, or you start using an app to track them, you really get comfortable knowing exactly where you are at in your cycle. And I'm not joking when I say that I feel like I have almost daily indicators that my cycle is on track. And so I honestly spend zero time um, being anxious or worried about an unwanted pregnancy. Really, I just feel like so confident in what my cycle looks like and what our risk is. And next question, <laughs> what changes did you notice going off the pill? Okay. So I noticed so many, all of them were good ones for me. I found it much easier to lose weight and maintain weight. And I feel, uh, I felt a lot less mental fog and mental fog, mental fog and had more mental clarity. Um, I really love the natural ups and downs of my natural cycle and tapping into the strengths and weaknesses that I feel each week. For example, I plan like photo shoots, like things that um, take a lot of my mental creativity. So when I'm like styling and shooting for clients and editing photos, I try to plan those big creative projects on certain weeks. Um, and then I'll plan things like big writing projects or tasks where I can kind of like hole up and be more introverted. Um on other weeks. So I think there's a lot to be said about our periods being like 
these four phases and kind of leaning into that once you understand them and not only understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, but also understand how to support yourself with the foods you eat and the activities you do um, and just kind of where your mental state is at as you kind of move through those four natural phases. I also think that there's a lot to be said about our periods being a natural detox process for our body to kind of clear itself. And I talked about that in the previous episode a bit more about how the menstrual cycle kind of clears the body of toxins. And I feel like I've seen that in kind of an anti-aging capacity. I feel like the signs of aging really slowed for me when I went off the pill five years ago. And I know that that might sound crazy, but I really felt like when I went off, like, um, you know, I was 30 and I kind of felt like between like 27 and 30, I felt like there were things that I could notice about aging. And then between, you know, 30 and 33, which is my age now, I feel like that has slowed. And I haven't really changed anything as far as like my routine, my diet, my skincare. I actually use the exact same skincare brand that I did back then. Um, But I do just feel like the aging process has slowed slightly. And that to me is completely worth it. Um, So have you noticed anything weird after going off the pill? Okay. Like this is a question where I have to like ask myself how comfortable I am putting this information like on the internet. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I have like two things that I'll say. I'll start with the most awkward one and then I'll say the other one. Okay. So the most awkward one is is related to Walter, which that just even saying that sounds weird. Um, But as you know, dogs are super into scent. I think it's something like we have like 5 million scent receptors and dogs have like 200 million or something. It's insane. Um, So their scent receptors, they're super, super sensitive. And I would say it was about a year after I had gone off the pill and it took several months to realize this pattern. But Walter would start doing this thing where when I was ovulating, he was like, my best friend. He wanted to like lay right next to me. He'd follow me room to room. He would like lay across my stomach or across my lap. He always had to be like completely on top of me. And then if I was menstruating, it would completely switch. So he would be like Josh's dog. He slept on Josh's side of the bed. Josh is the one he snuggled. He would follow Josh around the house. And finally, we kind of like realized that it was like in sync with my cycle. And I did a bit of Googling and it turns out that dogs can pick up our natural scent that we have throughout our cycle. So our subtle hormonal differences change the scent of our body, which is very interesting. Um, And it actually, so I was trying to figure out like why it started after I went off the pill and wasn't necessarily happening when I was on the pill. And the answer is pretty obvious, I guess, but it's because we don't have that natural fluctuation of hormones when we're on the pill. It's masked by those artificial hormones. But also when we're on artificial hormones, our bodies smell completely different um, due to the hormones that we're taking. And then the other one was I started having painful ovulation. And that was something that I had never really heard much about or knew about. Um, But yeah, so you can actually feel when you ovulate or some women can. And for some women, it can be slightly painful. Um, So a lot of times on the hormonal birth control pill, what your body is doing is suppressing ovulation. And so your, uh, your ovaries actually don't ever release an egg. So because I had been on birth control for so long, I think I had never even really felt ovulation. And to be honest, I don't know, you know, how many months it actually took before my body started ovulating regularly. But it was probably like a year or so into being off the pill where I started feeling like 
this just like slight cramping and discomfort. And the first couple of months it happened, I thought I had appendicitis because it kept being like on the same side in the same spot. And I can remember I kept telling Josh like, oh, I just feel like I have like slight appendicitis and it keeps bothering me every month. And then it was kind of like at the point of saying that, that I was like, oh, oh. So then the next time I went to the doctor, I talked to her about it and she was like, yes, that's probably – um, you know, ovulation, just start tracking it and pay attention to whether it's happening at the same time as ovulation. And it was, and it's not super painful. It lasts anywhere from like maybe 20 minutes to a couple hours. Um, but it literally is like just this slight pinching um, feeling. But it's kind of cool because I could tell you the exact time I ovulate and which ovary I ovulate from. <laughs> so it does make it, I mean, if anything, it makes it just really easy to avoid pregnancy because I know the exact day that I start ovulating on. Um, so it is like a really good health indicator. And like I said, not that painful, but has just been kind of an interesting um, side effect. And my doctor kind of said something about how painful ovulation is more common in women as we get older. And it's kind of our body's natural way of being like, okay, you're ovulating. I guess you haven't figured this out yet. Um, so I don't know. Our bodies are so interesting. Uh, next question. What has been the most interesting thing about going off the pill? Hmm. Women's cycles often get described as a 28-day cycle. And I think the most interesting thing for me is realizing that there are four very distinct phases within those 28 days, but then also like day-to-day -day, there are changes that if you are having a natural cycle and you're paying attention, you can get really in sync with and in tune with and pay attention to. This whole thing is explained really well in the book Moody Bitches, but when we are preparing to ovulate and then ovulating, we have a lot more self-confidence. We feel really gorgeous and attractive, and it sounds funny, but it's true. And I really love to plan out our vacations for these weeks because it just impacts like my entire mindset and self-esteem. And I also love to have like big meetings and creative brainstorming sessions during that week. Um However, I have also come to recognize this as kind of the week where I will definitely want a baby. So where having a baby seems like a really wonderful idea where I will just like I will look at my husband and I cannot imagine a world without his offspring in it. Like it is crazy to me how much this just takes over my mind for like 48 to 72 hours. It is wild. And then it's just like a bubble pops and my hormones even out a bit. And I'm just like, oh my God, a child would be a terrible idea. That is not something I want at all right now. And every time I experience this, which is every single month for like two to three days, it just kind of leaves me wondering like how many children have been conceived out of, you know, purely from that little peak in hormones. And the answer is like a lot of them, because that is literally when we're ovulating, which is when we are fertile. Um, so I think it's just really interesting. Anyway, I will just say this. If you go off birth control, <laughs> just keep your eyes on these little emotions and phases and know that they can be very strong, especially that pull to like reproduce when you're ovulating. It is so strong. It honestly starts to become kind of fun though to anticipate it and then just like laugh at yourself as you sort of like gawk at baby clothes and like stare at every baby that passes you by for like two days and then you just like snap out of it. And <laughs> I don't know. To me, it is like very fascinating and I love like uh, warning all my friends that it's coming. <laughs> so I kind of went off on a rant there, but I would just say the most interesting thing about going off has been being able to feel how strong our natural instincts to reproduce are and just witnessing how our bodies and our hormones like work together and like take over our mind in order to encourage us to procreate and kind of continue on the species.
Oh, wow. I think I just started the rant again. Okay. I could honestly talk about it for 12 hours. Uh, Next question. The biggest downside of going off the pill. Um, Okay. So I have a love-hate relationship with like hormonal breakouts. Um, And mine are very minor. Like I said, my skin is not that temperamental, but I get one or two zits exactly one week before my period starts. So on one hand, it's a really reliable indicator for me that my cycle is on track. And it's usually one of the first signs that my period is on the way that it's, you know, coming soon. It's like a good reminder for me. On the other hand, like zits, who likes them? The good news is that I found these little pimple patches. You can get them on Amazon. You put them on at night and it makes a huge improvement just while you're sleeping. So I'll put a link to those in the show notes. But honestly, I guess for me, the biggest downside has been that. Um, But yeah, I found easy ways to deal with it and it doesn't really bother me. I think, you know, a blemish every once in a while is okay. Um, Did my period change when I went off the pill? And I think this is a really good question because so many women have this fear that they're going to have this like horrible, horrible period um, when they go off the pill. And I think the thing to remember is that when we're on hormonal birth control control pills, we're not building up our uterine lining. And so we're never having real periods. It's just, it's more or less spotting. Like we don't have a lining to shed. And so it's such a light period for most people. And like, is my period heavier being off the pill? Yes, but it's still very manageable. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable and I don't feel that great, but that's just kind of part of it. And I've just kind of found ways to deal with it. Uh, Next question was, how long do my periods last now that I'm off the pill? Um, To be honest, they're faster, um, but I think that's not necessarily just because I'm off the pill. I think um, my periods last about three days and usually just one day of heavy bleeding. Um, I think it's largely because I drink so much water. I drink between 100 and 150 ounces each day. And I think that's just, you know, they just kind of go hand in hand. The more you're going to the bathroom, the faster things tend to work themselves out. (laughs) And then the other thing I do that I think helps with this is I use a period cup instead of tampons or pads. And I feel like that also helps shorten my period. I'll talk about that. I think there's another question about that. So I'll go into more detail about the cup. Um, Did I receive pushback from the doctor? Not necessarily that much pushback, but I did like the experience was like uncomfortable and strange. And I wrote about this in my original blog post about going off birth control. But basically, I went in for my annual physical and the experience went something like this. So the doctor's like on the computer looking at my chart and they're I can see that they're like looking at stuff and thinking and whatever. And then they like turn to me and they're like, are you having trouble conceiving? And I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, well, how long have you been trying? And I was like, uh, like I've been trying not to get pregnant for like 15 years. And she was like, you don't have any birth control prescribed currently, though. And I was like, yeah, I quit taking it when my last prescription expired. And she was like, oh, I can prescribe it to you right now. And I was like, no, I'm not planning on taking any birth control. And then she kind of sternly was like, "Okay, are you planning to start a family then? And I was like, no. And then she just like kind of stared at me and there's like an awkward silence. And then she just said, if you aren't trying to get pregnant, then I would strongly suggest that you consider your birth control options and then kind of went into a pitch about like long term options and the IUD and whatever. And I just kind of said, no, thank you. And then she kind of made a comment about condoms not being completely reliable and condoms breaking. And I just kind of like stared at her. And my problem with this is just that, you know, IUDs and birth control and condoms, they're not the only forms. Not, like doctors are just seem so hesitant to discuss natural family planning with people. Um, 
and she didn't ask me anything about it. And so it was just kind of a weird thing. But I don't think that this represents all doctors. And I think that this is definitely changing. And I would definitely, you know, encourage people to do their research and try to find a doctor who is encouraging of natural family planning versus medication. Um, so just try to advocate for yourself and your health the best that you can and try not to let a doctor pressure you into birth control if it's not what you want. Um, I think had I not been well-informed, that conversation could have gone very differently. And I feel like that conversation probably does go differently for a lot of people. And so go into it feeling confident in your decision and what your choices are. Okay, what are my favorite feminine products? Um, So like I said, I'm a big fan of the period cup. And if you don't know what that is, it is literally just like a tiny silicone cup that you insert, similar to like a tampon. Um, And they're reusable. So you can use the same one for, I think, like up to five years or something. And so they're much better for the environment than tampons and pads are. And even though like the idea of it, it grossed me out and like freaked me out for so many years where like I knew what they were and I was just like, no. Once I tried it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going back. Why does anybody use anything different? It is honestly life changing. Um, I am not the person to explain how to use it or why they're awesome. But there is a blogger who I totally adore named Lee from America. And she has a huge blog post all about period cups and how to use them and how to take care of them. So I'm just going to link to her post about this in the show notes because honestly her I can't do it justice her blog post is so great and so informative so head to the show notes if you want like just a really good um, tutorial on getting started with a period cup next question is if you don't want kids but don't want to take birth control would you consider having your tubes tied the answer for me is that no I would not ever consider having my tubes tied Um, There's a lot of research now showing the hormonal impact that this has on women, and it's just not something I would want for myself, and I would encourage anyone to research it really in-depth before considering it. Um, Vasectomies carry much less risk um, to men, so if you're in need of a permanent solution, that would be the only one on the table for us. Um, I think there are very valid reasons to have your tubes tied. I mean, some women could literally die if they got pregnant. But when you think about the fact that tube tying is commonly used as a form of birth control, I mean, doesn't that just seem sort of ridiculous? It's like, listen, if you don't want more kids, you need to cut these things off. It's the only option. And like, no, it's not the only option. And and it's really ridiculous that we make women feel that way and continue to put the complete burden for pregnancy prevention on women. I really think that if you prefer that your husband have a vasectomy and he's happy to get one, great. But I think the bottom line here is like we're all just like so uneducated on how to naturally prevent pregnancy. And if we just understand our bodies and have good communication as a couple, um, neither person should need to alter their body or their reproductive system in order to avoid pregnancy. Um, I really think in the past this was a lot more difficult and you know, it made sense. But now there are all these like joint calendars. Like, I mean, Josh and I totally put my cycle onto our family, like joint Google calendar, and we have these apps synced up. So there's really no excuse for not knowing what the fertile window is for your partner and being alert and aware of it. Um, I mean, personally, I would opt to spend a few minutes a week reviewing my partner's like menstrual cycle and getting these email alerts and being in sync with that than getting my tubes tied or getting a vasectomy. And I just think, you know, I'll avoid going on a rant here, but there are a lot of benefits to uh, two people, you and your partner, being on the same page with 
your family planning and your fertility. And I just think there's a lot of, I don't, I don't want to call it like bonding, but like there is like a certain element of bonding that comes along with like your partner being willing to follow your cycle and be aware of it, not only to prevent an unwanted pregnancy, but also just understand your emotions and your hormones and what your moods might be this week or what you might be in the mood for or not in the mood for. Um, and like I talked about previously that MyFlow app, you can just add your partner to it so that they get like the same alerts and emails and the emails are great. They say, you know, Danny just entered her luteal phase. These are the moods she might be in this week. These are activities that might be supportive to her. These are foods that might be supportive. And like, it's, it's such a great resource. And I just think there's a lot of reasons to encourage couples to kind of like sync up in that way. There's many benefits in being like in sync with natural family planning. Okay. Do you take any supplements to ease PMS or other symptoms? Okay, so I mentioned in episode 21 that I take tryptophan, which is an amino acid supplement that basically helps your brain produce serotonin and it can kind of help that balance or like help balance out that plummet of hormones that you can feel that kind of feels like a very sudden stark depression. So a lot of women have their hormones plummet right before their period and taking just a little bit of tryptophan for a few days can really help balance this out. Um, This is discussed a lot in the books that I recommended, Moody Bitches and Women Code, and I just refer you to them to learn more about supplements or how to integrate something like tryptophan into your routine. The other thing I swear by is peppermint oil on my stomach when I have my period. Um, I just massage it in with a face roller and a little bit of coconut oil. I swear by it. I also love like doing a hot water bottle on my stomach and I'm known to like talk Josh into massaging my stomach every once in a while, but that's pretty much it. How did you get your skin back on track after going off the pill? So I think that if going on the pill cleared up your skin, that's really great. But typically it wasn't like, typically there are underlying issues that were causing the skin problems in the first place. And since those issues weren't addressed directly before you went onto the pill, they might reemerge when you go off. Like that's just, that just makes sense. And there's really, I mean, how to say this? Like, yes, the pill can help clear up your skin because it's doing things with your hormones. And a little bit of a hormonal breakout is a normal part of our cycle. And I talked about kind of embracing that earlier. Um, But I just don't think birth control is a cure for skin issues. So I think going off the pill, personally, I think it should be looked at as an opportunity to figure out what the actual like underlying problem is. Um, For the most part, I didn't have skin issues before I went on the pill and didn't really have any when I came off. So as I mentioned, I get that little hormonal breakout and that's about it. Um, Alyssa Vitti, the author of Woman Code, has a lot of really great resources for skincare when you come off the pill because it is an issue for a lot of people. And so I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Okay, now we're at the last question. So what resources do you recommend considering when going off? So everything I've mentioned so far in these two podcast episodes, basically, I really liked the book Moody Bitches, and I really liked the book Woman Code. They are both great to read. Um, I really recommend reading them, but they're also really great audiobooks if you prefer to listen to them podcast style, like when you're walking the dog or in the car. Um, Like I said, I read the book, but I made my husband listen to the podcast or the audiobook when we were on a long road trip. And so I did both, actually. I read it and then listened to the audiobook with him. So I don't know both of those books for sure in one format or the other. The blog post by Hannah Anderson that I read from in episode 21 is really wonderful. And there are a few podcast episodes that I've liked. So I will link 
do all of those resources in today's show notes for you. And that is the end of this Q&A episode. I want to once again reiterate that I am totally not against birth control or the birth control pill. I love it very much. And I do not think poorly upon people who decide that it's the best choice for them. I 100% trust your ability to make that decision for yourself. I do hope, though, that if going off is something you've been thinking about doing, that these two podcast episodes might have been helpful and provided you with some good resources and information. Next week, I am introducing you to my friend Jenny Gavin of Gavin Farms. I have a long list of topics and questions that I'm excited to talk to Jenny about regarding her family farm, selling direct to consumers, the farm to table movement, nutrition, so much. But Jenny also just became a mom. So who knows? Maybe I will ask her all about her favorite birth control methods. (laughs) I guess you'll just have to tune in to find out. So I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.